Hey y'all, it's me again, Bonnie Violet. I just wanted to take a second and thank my Patreon members. Patreon members are folks who contribute on a monthly basis, anywhere from $3 to $150 a month to support the work of a queer chaplain. Big shout out to Victoria Thompson, Jason Brandt, Brandon Stanton, Kim Silva, Brandy McCarg, Randy Sandnot, Bob Kaiser, Joey Heckmeister, Violet Rhiannon, Gabriel, Jonathan, Patrick and Todd Atkins Whitley. Thank you so much for your continued contributions. And if you're interested in joining the Patreon, just check the link in the description. Go to patreon.com forward slash Bonnie Violet. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Hey y'all, how's it going? It's Bonnie Violet again. It is Saturday, January the 27th, and I'm just going to read a little bit more of um, some of what I'm jotting down for my book, Transmission, a Spiritual Autobiography. Um, Really just kind of getting started and trying out by um, posting the audio to the podcast here. Um, So I'd love to hear from you what you think. And I don't know, again, it's just me starting the process. So um, let's let's begin. And thank you for... um, being with me on this journey. So here we go. You see, of late I have been really challenged with feeling loved, supported, and cared for by my family. And I think it feels... I think... (laughs) Wow. And I think I feel so deeply in that... Deeply like this in this moment in time. A moment in time that I feel like I, I need them more than I've ever needed them. It paints over all the ways my family has shown up for me over the years. It doesn't allow me to experience these things again, still, to let these moments of my past be with me now in order to help me have a more truthful and wide perspective of what is in and who is in, who is with me in this life, in this world. One memory that really got me thinking like this was remembering when I told my family that I was gay and I was HIV positive on Mother's Day in May of 1999. I always recall the story of sitting down with my parents, grandparents, and younger brother, how I told them, how they responded, the drama of it all, I guess. And that's all well and good. It all has made such an impact on my life, especially then and even now to some degree. I may even talk about how my my mom asked me the next day at the dinner table over a sandwich and potato chips what song I wanted to hear at my funeral. And in this moment, when I began to really realize how my HIV... And in this moment, I began to really realize how my HIV infection was impacting the people in my life. My family was thinking about having to put me in a coffin and bury me sometime in the near future while also recognizing that that was one of the best things my mother could have done for me in that moment. One, she knew, one, she knew me enough to know that I would have a, have a song picked, at the, and at the time it was Good Riddance by Green Day. But it was also saying to me that she was there for me now, that she was going to be there with me when I got sick, and she was going to be with me in my death to make sure that everything was the way I would want it to be. I would talk about how my father and I couldn't be in the same room of the house the whole time I was there, that neither one of us knew how to handle things with one another, but how in the end, as I was loading in the car to head home, 
My father hugged me, so I knew things were going to be okay. There's another moment I rarely mention or reconnect with the sentiment of. At the end of the week when I left to go back to Arizona, my mother had acquired a gift for my boyfriend at the time, Alex, and asked that I give it to the young man from my family. I had just dropped two major bombs in my mother's lap, and she, brokenhearted and with tears, afforded me grace. She swallowed her own pain and fear to make sure I felt loved, supported, and cared for. Damn, I'm not crying. You're crying. She didn't have to do any of that. I'm now sure, sure, I'm not sure how many mothers would, or even for my father. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Kind of getting a little, she didn't have to do any of that. I'm I'm not sure how many mothers would, or even for my father to hug me. I'm not sure many other parents would have reacted so well, comparatively. I'm feeling a bit drawn to talk more about Alex. Alex was my first love. He was 27, a chef, and I thought he was the hottest man I had ever seen. And I felt so lucky that he loved me. I was just 20, fairly new at knew it being a gay and still had still hadn't fully embraced that fact. I had a lot of insecurities. One of my biggest insecurities at that time was that Alex was bisexual. This baffled me. At that time of my life, if I could be straight, if I could choose to be with a woman, I would have. I felt like that was the ideal. That was the way to have a better life, to have a family, and to be right with God even. So the fact that he could be with a man or a woman at some point in time, I figured he would choose her over me. My view of the world, sexuality, love, God, and so much was so tiny and limited. I'd come by it honestly, in the sense you cannot see more than you haven't seen. I hadn't known anything different. At that time, I had also done drag a little bit. I recall one night after a gig coming home in drag and Alex wanting to get intimate with me. And I was like, um, no, I'm going to wash these things all off and then we can have fun. At that time, I was really conflicted and I couldn't fathom sex as a girl. I had just barely accepted that I was gay. I was a dude who fucks dudes, not a dude who wanted to be a girl. And I was fairly rigid in my understanding of all that and didn't want anyone to be confused, even though I was a bit. I couldn't understand how the same guys that hit on me as a cocktail waiter and a guy would also hit on me when I was a girl. It was all too much for me to handle all at once. I didn't have the capacity to hold all those truths and experiences all at the same time. My internalized homophobia and transphobia was too strong and my mind and heart wasn't quite open enough. Anyway, when I got back, I remember seeing Alex and giving him the gift at IHOP, which is where I worked at the time. Alex had been so great. You see, when I found out I was HIV positive, we were dating. That meant that I had HIV while we had been together. I was one I was unaware of this, but I had been HIV positive for nearly nine months at the time. Again, unaware. And we'd only been dating a little while, maybe just a few weeks or so. I remember calling him right after I found out and asking him if we could set up a time to chat in person. Back then, when you got tested for HIV, they would take the test and then you'd have to go in and get your results two weeks later. 
This was the first time I had ever been tested for HIV or any STD. I'd only gotten, I'd only got the HIV test done because they offered it for free with the other tests. Alex had contracted or been exposed to chlamydia or gonorrhea, so he told me I needed to go in and get tested. <clears throat> when I went to get my results, I'd gone by myself, and again, I wasn't in any way concerned about having HIV. Once I got home after being told, I called and requested we meet up and that I wanted to talk to him about something in person. He said he wanted me to tell him whatever I was going to tell him, just to do it over the phone. After going back and forth about it, I, I told him that I had just been told that I was HIV positive. The first thing he said to me was, are you okay? I'm not sure if I was okay, but I was extremely impressed with the fact that he was concerned first with me and only to discuss the possibility of him having HIV once I brought it up. His tests had come back negative for HIV. We had been having, unprote or we'd been having protected sex. Um, and just to reiterate, we had been having protected sex, but we were going to have to wait six months to know whether he had gotten HIV from me. Once I came back from telling my parents and gave him, and gave him the gift, he, he, he disappeared, and I never encountered him again until years later. I was so afraid I had given him HIV. I was so scared, and I felt so horrible. When I did finally run into him many years later, we had seen each other at the Crow Bar, which is where we met. It was a Sunday evening, and the bar was pretty slow. I remember my initial response to seeing him was excitement and I wanted to approach him. I can't recall if I had gone up to him and he wouldn't acknowledge me or if he made it known he wasn't happy to see me, but I remember feeling just horrible and unsure of what to do. The next week on Sunday again, we were both at the club together and this time I just pretended as if I didn't see him. At one point I went to get a drink of water at the drinking fountain and as I was leaning down to sip the water, he came up to me and asked if we could talk. I was shocked and very nervous, but I said, of course. We walked out of the club together and walked across the downtown street to a lit bus stop across the street. I can't recall if there was smoking involved or if it was chilly. I had wanted to know how he had been or what had happened. I had missed him so much. He stated that he felt that I had known that I had HIV when we got together and that I had lied to him about it and he was angry with me. I was offended by this statement. I defensively responded, then you don't know me and was about to walk off and he grabbed me and said, I'm sorry, I know. It's just, you had to have known. I reiterated that I hadn't known. I hadn't ever been tested before. I had told him that I didn't have anything when we got together I didn't, at least as far as I knew. Knowing now what I didn't know then, I would have told him that I didn't know if I had anything when he asked, but I didn't. We chatted a little bit. He hadn't gotten HIV from me, and he told me that this guy that he was seeing, which was someone I didn't like and really disliked that Alex was with him, but I wished them both well. We talked, we talked like we might stay in touch, but we haven't. I don't recall if we ever chatted or seen each other again. Over the years, I have sometimes wondered how he was, searched for him on social media, and still have a curiosity to know how he is and what life has given him. Speaking of searching for people on, uh, uh, speaking of searching for people of the past on social media, 
it brings me to this to the guy who gave me HIV. There's a long story to that that will probably make the book at some point. But I found him. We've been friends on social media. I actually messaged him around the 20-year anniversary of my infection, Labor Day weekend, 1998. I'd hoped to meet up with him while I traveled to be in Arizona for the anniversary, but he never replied. I didn't get to chat with him at this time and probably never will in my lifetime, which is fine. But this trip to Arizona was monumental. I got a seahorse tattoo on my neck, visited the mega church I'd left when I was diagnosed, and rekindled a relationship with my Aunt Tina after nearly 20 years of being estranged. And that's it for now. Until the next one, take care. Bye-bye. still doing this. Hey y'all, Bonnie Violet here again. Just wanted to take a second to let you know about Splintered Grace Podcast. Splintered Grace Podcast just completed its fifth season entitled Still Seeking. Splintered Grace is a podcast that I co-host with my aunt who is a conservative Christian and one of my biggest supporters in my trans identity and just life in general. While many family members are choosing to no longer speak, we have chosen to sit at the table and engage in difficult conversations to find peace and restoration. Over our 24-year relationship, we have had a lot of ups and downs and We haven't always really liked each other. We definitely never understood each other and still some of it we don't, but we love one another so much and so hard and really work hard to show up for one another. And our hope is that by listening to this podcast, others may be able to begin to have peace and restoration in some of their other relationships with family members and or other loved ones. Uh, Check it out, Splintered Grace Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Take care. Love ya. Bye.